Amen. So good to see you facing the place today. So thankful for those watching online here this morning. Can we give our worship team a good God bless you here today? Thank you. Amy and the team, we appreciate you so very much. Amen. It's uh, good to have you today. If it's first time in uh, One Life, we welcome you into the Father's house today and pray that you will enjoy yourself on this morning. It's uh, good to have some familiar faces back in the house. Miss Trish, Miss Candace graduated the program. Yeah. They have graduated from True Hope, and now they are part of ministry in that and uh, involved there, and we're so thankful for that. And um, then we have some uh, new faces. Is it, uh, I know it's Anne. Is it Mary Ann? Anne Marie. All right. Well, that's close. I had the Anne down. Amen. And, uh, of course, the other girls, Miss Kelly and Raven are hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. And <laughs> amen. Keeping the, keeping the faith, and it's so good to see them on today. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, then we've got some folks here on the front row, and you've probably seen them around some. And uh, we've got James and Chris and Jim, and then we've got old Joe. Old Joe, he's uh, here slated to graduate pretty soon. Amen. All right. We're so proud of you, Joe, and the work that the Lord is doing in your life as well. And, um, and if you aren't aware, this is uh, True Hope Ministry. It's an outreach to those who have uh, addictions and things in their life that they just need some help in overcoming because, I mean, no, you can't do it on your own. If you could, you would, because there isn't nobody that I've ever met that said, well, you know, I want to be a professional dope addict. Nobody starts out. Nobody says, well, whenever I grow up, I want to be an alcoholic or I want to be addicted to this, that, or the other, right? But, but we find ourselves there, and it's from every, every place in life. It's from the rich to the poor. It's the young to the old. It's everybody because the enemy of our soul, he doesn't look at you and say, oh, you're from this family or you're from that family or you're this background so I can't touch you. He's out to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? And uh, so thank God today that we're able to be a part of this life-changing ministry. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Last week, we started talking to you about the fact that uh, you have to have a yes in your spirit because there is a no over the atmosphere. And uh, we begin to talk about the fact that a passive church cannot be effective in an aggressive culture. There has to be a church that is moving. There has to be a people that are alive and vibrant, know their God, and are strong and doing exploits for him. And so uh, we, we today have to understand that, that we cannot be passive, Amen. right? Our mentality, our concept, we have to be aggressive. And the only way that we're going to be aggressive is for us to know who we are in Christ Jesus. And when we have a personal relationship with him, then we will have that strength to be aggressive and not passive, 
right? And so today I want to share with you some things uh, from the word of the Lord uh, after laying that foundation. If you did not, weren't here last week, it is on our website, it is on our uh, church app. <clears throat> and uh, it's awesome that you can go there and you can get all that stuff, right? Amen. I was uh, visiting uh, this past week. Uh, Brother Horn, and uh, he was in the hospital for a minute, and uh, so we thank God for the healing that's taking place there. And uh, Sister Diana, your mother told me something. I know, I know that she wouldn't lie to me, but she told me that you went back and started listening to stuff from 2011, working your way up. Is that right? That's awesome. Amen. Been pastoring them for three years but been in their life for 15. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. Praise God. And so that's the power of it. You can reach out. You can be involved in that. And so be sure to take advantage of that. But I said that to say that if you weren't here last Sunday, go ahead and catch last Sunday's on the podcast or wherever. Uh, Facebook Live, I guess, is also carrying that. Uh, and, and get caught up. All right? All right. Let's go to Judges. Chapter 6, and we're going to pull an old story out today just to run some reference. Let me know that the Old Testament is, is to show us where we are headed in the New Testament. Amen. In Judges chapter 6, and uh, let's start about verse 12. It says... The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all these things happened to us? And where are all of his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Right? And then I want to go over to chapter 7. And we'll begin in verse number 1. It said, Then Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the well of Harerod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give uh, the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory uh, for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. And now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart at once from uh, Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned. Amen. You talk about church growth. Right? If Gideon were pastor today, he'd be fired. 22,000 people left. There's got to be something wrong with you. 
22,000 people said, I'm afraid they returned home and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people that are uh, still too many, bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And then it will be that uh, of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And for whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from his, uh, the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lap, uh, putting their hand to their mouth, there was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes on the subject, busting a move. Busting a move. Tell your neighbor it's time to bust a move. Father, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you for the time of worship that we can serenade heaven. I pray that it was pleasing in your sight. And I ask you now that these next few moments that we have together in your word, God, that you will help us to uh, see your word illuminated, cause it to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that you would bring back things to my remembrance today that would encourage and strengthen your people. And God, we give you praise and thanks for this in Jesus' name. And amen. Sometimes we get stuck in patterns. We get stuck in cycles and we think about moving. We think about uh, getting out of that stuck position. There are times in our lives whenever we say to ourselves, we're not going to be here this time next week, next month, or next year. In fact, I'm never coming back to this place only to find ourselves living it again. Is it right? But you see, during those times in our life, faith is the equalizer. All things become possible to them that can believe. Amen. And too many live their life by what other people say they can do. They look at their family. They look at what their parents did. They look at what their siblings did. And they pronounce upon them what they think that they can do based upon what others in their family tree have done. But when you put faith into the equation, everything changes. It doesn't matter what grandpa did, your daddy did, or your siblings did. Whenever you put faith in your heart, all things become possible to them that believe. Amen. 
You have to believe on the inside. You, you can't accept this victim mentality that says, I can only go so far. You cannot accept and believe that you are the victim and you are in an environment of a victim mentality and expect to bust the move. You, you have to overcome that. And the only way that you can overcome that is to put faith on the inside. And when you get a faith on the inside to believe the word of God, then breakthrough begins to happen. Breakthrough happens at the moment that you change your mind. You have to change your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your suke, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And whenever you take the word of God and you begin to apply it to your life and faith begins to arise and you change your mind about the thing and understand that you can be an overcomer. That you can be victorious through and by Jesus Christ. It is at that moment that breakthrough begins to happen in your life. Amen. Gideon had a breakthrough moment. And after he uh, has sown, the Bible says, we haven't read it for the sake of time, but if you can read it in chapter 6, and the Bible says that Gideon has sown. And after he has sown and he has put in the work, it is then that the enemy comes and tries to take away. You see, the enemy never comes to you before you put in the work. The enemy always waits until after you've got the work done after you've got an investment, after it is going to cause you pain to, to lose something because if you don't have anything invested, you don't feel the loss. But when you have invested in something, when you have given your time, your talent, your treasure, when you have invested in something, it is then that the enemy will come to take it away. And God told him that I am with you. Amen. I am with you. And he, he's, he's there. I want to say to you today, somebody in this place this morning or somebody watching today needs to know that God is with you. It may seem that the enemy has come and stole the harvest. It may seem that he has come and taken things of value away from your life. It may seem as though that there is nothing left of value or significance in your life. But I, I come today to share with you and to tell you without any reservation that God is with you right now. He is moving on your behalf. He is, he is working for you even though you cannot see him. God told him, he said, I'm with you. He's, he's there. He's in the place. He said that I am where you are. I am the great I am. I, I, I'm not going to show up sometime. I am already there. And so he is with you today, but he is also with you in your tomorrow. He won't show up in your tomorrow. He'll already be in your tomorrow. He'll be there when you get there. Why? Because he said, I am with you. Amen. The Lord is with you. His mentality does not match his moment. <clears throat> right? Gideon's mentality doesn't match his moment. His moment is God says, I am with you. But Gideon's mentality is much different than that. He said, if God is with me, then he said, why has all of this happened to me? Have anybody ever asked that? God, why? 
Why has this happened to me? Why, God? I'm doing the best that I know to do. Why is it happening in my life? Why is it happening now? I could dealt with it maybe six months ago or I could deal with it late. But now, why is it happening now? You see, we always, we always ask that question when bad things come, but we never ask that question when the good comes. The things I don't deserve, the blessings that I didn't work for, but it was His grace and His mercy that brought it into my life. And, and I don't be ask that question, God, why? Amen. I don't, you, you, but he's, then he goes on and his mentality was, why is all of this bad happening to me? And then he goes on and he says, and where are the miracles? My father's told me about the miracles. The patriarchs have talked and spoken about the miracles. But where, if you're with me, God, I want to know where are the miracles? God says, well... Gideon, I am with you no matter if you feel like it or not. But he said, I want you to understand that you can't receive the blessing where you're at. You've got to bust a move. You've got to come out of hiding. Right? <laughs> a lot of times we want to hide in the cave of Abdullam until the blessing comes. And then we want to ride out in our limousine and show it all off to everybody. But it doesn't work that way. It has to have an element of faith involved. Huh? It has to have an element of faith involved. God says, you've got to come out of hiding. And Gideon says... I don't know if you're with me or not. I know you say you are, but I can't see you, can't trace you. I don't see no miracles. And God says, before you can see all of that, you've got to come out from where you are. God is pulling us out of a passive place. He's pulling us out of a comfortable place. He is pulling us out of a place where that we have become comfortable and familiar with so that he can do something significant in our lives. Amen. And when we first hear God's plan for us, we can't conceive it. That's what Gideon did. He, God says, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, who are you talking to? Who, me? You, you don't know who you're talking to, God. My daddy's the least of the least. You remember? He's the one that drew back. Huh? Y'all walking with me? He's a twin, right? And, he, and he's coming first. He, he's going to receive the blessing, but he drew back. And because he drew back now, instead of being having double blessing, he is considered the least of the least. And he says, I'm the least of my fathers. So that makes me the least of the least of the least. Right? This is his mindset. This is what he's thinking. This is what he, he and, and God comes and says, mighty man of valor. And he says, no, 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 I'm the least. You, you've got me mixed up with some other Gideon. Right? 
Whenever God comes to you and begins to speak over your life, you may think that he's confused, but he's not. It may not look like anything that he says because you see many times in your life, you, what you're walking through looks nothing like your word over your life. But you've got to go through the valley of Achor. You've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to go through the disappointments, the heartaches, the trials, so that you can get to the place that God has already talked to you about. Amen. And when, when you can't believe it, you, you, all you have to do is listen to your enemy. I know you won't get that advice very often. But let me show you what I'm talking about in, in Judges chapter 7 and verse 9. I want to read a couple of here. God tells him, he says, if you can't believe it, go listen to your enemy. All right? And this is the recording of it. And it happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, arise and go down against the camp for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid, to go down and go down to the camp with uh, Purah, your servant. And you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. And then he went down uh, with his servant and he, uh, to the outpost and the arms of the men were in the camp. And now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number as the sands of the seashore and the, with multitude. And when Gideon came, had come, there was a man telling a dream uh, to his companion and he said, I have had a dream to my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of the Midians and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned it, the tent, and it collapsed. And this is what his friend said. Then the, his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon and the son of Joash. And man of Israel into his hand, God has delivered the Midianites in this whole camp. <laughs> Amen. So if you can't believe God, listen to your enemy. Because your enemy believes what God said. Nobody's going to help me today. Your enemy sometimes has more faith in the word of the Lord than what we can believe because we have been through some things. How many know everybody goes through some things? We go through some things and then we begin to determine God's grace, God's help, his strength on what we have been through instead of his promise. But it doesn't matter what we have been through. It's not that, that you're making light or fun of it. It is only a fact that all of us go through life. We go through difficulty. And sometimes it pulls our faith. It pulls our hope and our confidence in who God said we are. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't really affect who, who God is. And even though we may go through the disappointment, the heartache, and the trouble, God is still faithful. His word is 
is still true. And if he said it, it will come to pass. You see, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He watches over his word and he makes sure that he performs it. That's his promise to us. And so if he said it, he'll do it. And he, he told Gideon, go down and listen to your enemy. Listen to what's in their hearts. In their hearts, they know that I've already given you the victory. But he said, you also need to know that you've got too many people with you. Amen. But I want to read just a few things here in Judges chapter 6. Verse 24, it says, and so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called the uh, Lord his peace. To this day, it is still there. He built an altar there. Where's there? In the middle of his sphere. And he called the place, the place of God's peace. The Lord is peace. Amen. If there ever was a moment whenever we need to hear the prayer of Gideon and the response of Gideon after praying, it's in the day that we live when there's so much fear circling around us. Amen. So much fear. Fear, 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 fear. Everywhere you look, there is fear. Everything you listen to is fear. Amen. And so much fear. And we need to know the Lord is peace. Amen. Somebody asked me my opinion on the, on the virus shot. I said, I ain't afraid to get it. And I ain't afraid without it. Do your own thing. <laughs> There's enough to be divided over. I don't need all that. Amen. We have this fear of the virus. We have this fear of the economy. We have this rumbling in our nation of all of this fear. We see all of the things that are going on to break down the what little bit of moral fiber we still have in America. They're trying to destroy and tear it down. They're trying to divide us racially and socially and economically however they can to create a fear. Amen? But in the middle of that, Gideon, in the midst of it, Gideon built an altar and found out the Lord is peace. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is peace. The enemy's goal is always to put a spirit of fear in you. But God is peace. Glory to God. And you can't, you can't take, whenever you begin to walk with the Lord, you've got to understand that, that you don't have to fear the enemy. The Bible says, and this is what I want you to see. You can read this seven, sixth chapter and you'll see that there's different times here that Gideon builds an altar. He prays. But in verse 34 it says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and then he blew the trumpet, and, and they gathered with him. Right? And so the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. This is the result that when we begin to seek God, His Spirit will come upon us. His presence will go with us. 
But whenever we begin to bust a move, the first thing that we have to understand in stewarding this is that you cannot take everyone with you. You can't take everyone with you. In fact, the further that you are going, the less people you can take with you. In other words, if you're just moving across the street, you can take everybody. But if you're moving to the other side of the country, you better just take those closest to you. And it's the same way spiritually. You can't take everybody with you if you're going to go where God has ordained for you to go. Now listen to me. That does not make those people bad. That just means that they've got a different destiny and direction than what you have. Amen. But you have to let people go. People who don't understand where you're going. You can't keep on letting them give voice into your life. I'm going to give you some heavy revy here. Are you ready for it? Caller ID is from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> There's people in your life that all the time are, are Debbie Downers. All the time zapping your joy. All the time putting negativity in your life. All the time bringing drama and trauma. And they, you see that number come up on there. You need to hit the delete. I think it's even got a block on it. Somewhere. Find it. You say, well, that don't sound too Christian to me. It's the best Christian thing you can do. Amen. Because whenever they are sabotaging your life, when they are bringing you down, when they're destroying the faith that God has put inside of you and keep on bringing you back to where you have been and dragging you down, I'm telling you today, it is good pleasure of the Father for you to disconnect from those people. Amen. Amen. Because you see, they say, well, if you love me. No, if you love me, you would quit asking me to go places that I ought not be going. If you love me, you, you, tell, you, you would quit offering me drugs whenever you know that I'm trying to get away from them. If you love me, you would quit telling me, oh, here, here, let me hook you up with this one. And let me hook you up with that one. You would know that I, I don't want that kind of lifestyle. If you love me, you would tell me that I've, I've got to get broke free from these things in my life. Amen. If you love me, you would understand that I'm ready to go to another level and you can't keep dragging me down. If you want to go, then change, baby. But I'm not staying connected to you so you can sabotage me every time we get together amen I love you but I'm busting a move I love you but I'm leaving here I love you but I'm leaving this 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 dysfunction amen the reason some can't keep a breakthrough in their life is there's too many people in your life I mean you know today I, I know everybody's different alright but me you give me two dogs 
and about 100,000 acres, and I'll see you in six months. Amen. I can be happy. But there has never been a culture that is so hungry for people to like them. It's what Facebook's all about. How many friends can you have? Well, I got 4,999, and all it needs one more, and I'm fixed. That's all I can do. Facebook friends, what does that mean? Now, that's a good connection <clears throat> with some people and all of that. But, but don't get your theology from Facebook. Don't put your trust in people because, you know, they, they've been your friend for, on Facebook for 10 years. You haven't never met them. And they want to give you, give you uh, some advice about your life that they don't know. You got too many voices. Amen. Amen. Too many people. Well, you know, this is what I would do if I was you. Well, Greg, I don't want advice about my finances from somebody who has been bankrupt six times. I don't want marriage counsel from somebody who's been married six times. I ain't being ugly. But I'm just saying I need somebody who's done it, made it, huh? And I don't need all these voices in my head. This is what you ought to do. This is what you should do. Because, you see, you've got to figure out who I'm going to listen to. How do I figure out who I'm going to listen to? I've determined who I'm connected to. Who has God joined me with? And whenever I figure out who God has joined me with, then I can determine who is going to have my best interest at heart. Amen. Because you see, this is what I have decided. This is, you can tweet this. If a person is not connected to my destiny, their opinion doesn't count. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm, I'm saying that if somebody isn't going with me into my, into my future, then they don't care if I, if I wreck. They don't care if my life is, is sabotaged. They don't care because they don't have to pick up the pieces. But if, they're going, if somebody's going to have voice into my ear, then they're going to have a, a, a relationship with me. They're going to be connected to where I'm going so that I can know that they, what they're saying, they, they, they care about me. Really care. Because, see, sometimes you, you just got too many voices. And, and because you got too many voices, Gideon, you can't get the victory. And I want to tell you something today. You can love everybody, but everybody doesn't have a right to speak into your life. Right. Somebody doesn't have a right to tell you how to order your steps just because they have been with you for a day or two. Amen. 
You just got to let it go. Somebody say that. Just let it go. Let go of the drama. Let go of the trauma. Let go of the people in my life that every time they show up, they bring drama. Hallelujah. When we're done, we'll all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. It's possible to love people without letting them into your life. It's possible to thank God for you and not take counsel from you. We got to learn that I can, can't listen to everybody. That's what causes schizophrenia. If I'm going to get to where God is calling me, I've got to determine who am I connected with, who has God placed into my life, and that, that is the voices that I listen to. And it's not going to be so many that your mind, your spirit's going to be overwhelmed. You're going to hear him and you're going to hear it clearly. And it's going to sound the same because it's going to be as one voice speaking into your life because it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking into your life. And so if I'm going to, 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 to go where God is calling me, at some point in my life, if I'm going to be the conductor of the symphony, I'm going to have to turn my back on the crowd and walk into what God has ordained for my life. It's fun to be around crowds. A full room is always more exciting than two or three people in the room. But you can't let the whole room speak into your life. Amen. He tells Gideon, tell those who are afraid. Said, whoever's afraid. Look here. We, we've got these, these, all of these thousands of people here today. And, 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 and if you're afraid, I just want to let you know it's okay for you to go home. And whenever he did that, 22,000 of them got up and he said, wait a minute, you, you misunderstood. <laughs> Just joking. Come on back, fellas. 22,000 of them get up out of 32,000 and say, man, I'm afraid I'm, I'm going back to the house. Amen. But if you're going to go to the next level, it takes risk. If you're going to bust the move, if you're going to move the, from the place of being passive and being, and being a no fear in your life, being no risk in your life, you, you've got to take that risk. And it's going to take a level of risk for you to, to step forward. It takes courage to care. It takes courage to lead. Amen. When people are afraid, they'll bail. It takes courage to love people. It's easier not to love you and to say you don't count than it is for me to love you and to take that courage to believe that you're important. It takes courage to work through stuff when you get into arguments, when you get into division. It is easy for you to bail and run. 
But it's difficult. It takes courage to say, I'm going to work through this. God tells Gideon, take all that, has, that ha you have left and go down to the water. He said, I'm going to help you there. And, and this is interesting. He says, he says to him, them, him, watch how they drink. Right? I want to tell you today, you, you've got to watch how people drink. Watch how those around you drink. As leader of this house, there's times that I do certain things just to see how people are going to respond. I know you don't know that. But I'm seeing where your heart is. That's my job. Amen. And so whenever I release a word, whenever I do certain things, it's, sometimes it's, it's because I want to see where your heart is. How are you going to respond to the word? You got to watch how people drink. Because you got to know how they satisfy their thirst. Because a good soldier can drink and still watch my back. Amen. He can satisfy his thirst and still care for somebody else. The person who cannot go to war with you is the one that sticks to the, their face down in the water and drinks the water like a dog. Why, why? What's the difference here? One man is kneeling down and he's drinking water out of his hand. But he can still watch for the enemy. He can satisfy his thirst. He can take care of his needs all the time. He's looking out to protect not only himself but you. But the others are down on their knees and they're licking like a dog. All they're worried about satisfying their own thirst. Have no care for nobody else. Their number one concern is satisfying their own self. The second thing that this country born knows is when you're looking in the water, the only thing you can see is yourself. You're looking at your reflection. It all becomes about you. Satisfying my thirst. It's all about me looking at myself. And you can't bust a move in your life when everyone around you is concerned about themselves. They'll sabotage you to get where they want to go. They'll bring destruction to you so that they can get what they want in their life but you need somebody who knows how to kneel at the water grasp it grasp it in their hand and satisfy their thirst and still look out for your brother look out for your sister because the kingdom of god is not about selfishness it's about taking care of one another it's about strengthening one another it's about encouraging one another it's about having your back in the heat of the battle so that i can be able to warn you the enemy is coming and, and we've got to get up and we've got to prepare ourselves for battle. Amen. I got to watch how people act. 
How are they drinking? I got to watch how people act whenever I'm down. How do they respond? Because you see, whenever it takes courage to lead and it takes courage to do the right thing, and you don't need to be supportive of somebody only when they do the right thing. You need to be supportive of them when they mess up. Because it still takes courage. Huh? So how, how does people act around me whenever, I, whenever I, I'm down? And maybe even more important, how do they respond whenever I'm, I'm successful? Huh? Because some people, they'll bring you a chicken dinner when you're down. Right? But they ain't bringing you no cake when you're up. You got that? You get how you're going to respond when, 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 when they get that house that they've been wanting. When they get that job they've been desiring. How, how are you going to respond? Because if you can bring me a chicken dinner when I'm down, but you can't bring me a cake whenever I'm winning, save your drama for your mama. Amen? Is anybody hearing me today? I'm not being ugly whatsoever. I'm trying to be a good pastor today and tell you, you can't let everybody into your life. You can't let all these voices into your life because it will wreck you. It'll wreck you. And, and I'm not trying to, you know, cause you to be suspicious. And I wonder what their motives are. No, I'm not trying to get you to be suspicious. I'm trying to get you to be wise. Don't let everybody speak into your life. If I'm going to help other people, I've got to be able to quench my thirst and still look out for them. Because there's no place in the kingdom of God for selfishness. God blesses those who bless others. Amen. We can't come take everybody with us. But you can't be upset with somebody else for being where, being today where you were yesterday. Just because, just because you are somewhere different than where they are doesn't mean they're bad. It means they're running behind you. Amen? And this here, listen. I want to say this right. Your assistance in my yesterday doesn't guarantee your assignment in my tomorrow. Some people think because they gave you a little help a few months ago that they got access into your life all the time. Thank God for your help. I needed it. Thank God for your support. I wanted it. But just because you've blessed me then doesn't mean that you're going to have an assignment in my future. Best thing to do with folk like that is get so blessed, pay them back double, and say, God bless you. Thank you. I really do appreciate. Amen. 
I know I can't say all of this without being misunderstood. I'll just tell you now, I ain't good at returning emails. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God says to Gideon, the 300 men who lap out of their hands, he said, I'm going to use them to bring you victory. 32,000 have gone home. 300 left, and God says, all right, now I've got it to where I can do something. Amen. Amen. Sometimes in your life it may appear as though that, that, that you're losing. Sometimes in your life it may appear as though that you're, you're not doing very well because it seems as though that you're losing more than you're gaining. But it might be that God's bringing you to a place of a Gideon revival. It may be that God's getting you ready to bust a move. It may be that God is trying to remove all the negativity and all of the voices that are trying to cloud your mind so that you can hear his voice clearly and you can get up from where you are and move into where God has ordained for your life. Amen. It is also true that the Bible, I, um, for the sake of time, I'm going to wrap up here, but for the Bible says that the word, the likens the word of God to the water. You have to watch how people lack or to how people respond to the word of God. Are they quenching their thirst with the word? Some people, the word's just not enough. Somebody came to me one time and they said, I'm just not getting anything out of your preaching, anything out of your word, the word. I said, I'm sorry, I don't have nothing else to give you. I'm sorry. But the word is enough. Everything that you'll ever need in your life, I promise you, is in this book. Everything. There's an answer for every problem, every situation, every circumstance of your life. If you lean in on this word, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you and he'll give you the word that you need. Because you, the word that you need isn't going to come from Dr. Phil. I guess he's still on TV, ain't he? The word you need is not, you know, it isn't, it isn't none of this reality mess and this craziness. Right? The word that you need is in this book right here. The promises of God are still yes and amen. Amen. I've got written in my book here. Private altars produces public power. If it seems like you're not getting anywhere, build you an altar. Not just here. Thank God you ought to be here. This, thing's, this altar is open all the time. It ought not be a last resort. It ought to be a first resort. But it isn't just about coming to this altar. It's about having a private altar. 
that nobody sees but you and God. And it'll produce a public power in your life that'll cause you to go to the place that God has ordained for you. It'll give you confidence to bust a move when everything around you says you shouldn't move right now. You shouldn't do it right now. You shouldn't go that way right now. But with 300 men, <laughs> 300 men, how many armies were against Gideon? I'll tell you. Three. Three armies coming against 300 men. But the thing that Gideon had was the word of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had the promise of God. He had the word of the Lord. The sure word of the Lord was over his life. And God brought him through with his word and 300 men. I'm, I come to tell somebody today, God is with you. God is with you. And it may feel like that all of this is around you is chaos. All of it is discouragement. Everything is overwhelming you and you don't know who to listen to or just shut it all off and build you a private altar. And let the voice of the Holy Spirit speak into your life. You'll speak clearly if you'll listen. Amen. I told you I was going to quit. The Bible said the man of God was in a difficult place. He was discouraged. He was frustrated. He's looking for God. And the Bible said that a strong wind came, but he couldn't see God in the wind. Said a fire came and he couldn't find God in the fire. All of these chaos and all of this trouble, but he said it was in a still small voice. I want to submit to you that God was in the wind. He was in the fire, but whenever there's so much chaos and so much movement going on, sometimes we miss the voice that matters the most. And we've got to silence all of the other voices so we can hear the voice that matters. So we can bust the move. Amen. Well, that's what I have for you today. I want us today to consider the word of the Lord. Consider where we are at and how he may be speaking to us to bust the move. If you read this story, and as I said, I haven't read it all for the sake of time, but the Bible says that he moved in the middle of the night. Sometimes we're waiting for the stars to line up. We're waiting for everybody to get on our side. We're waiting for everything to just come together collectively so we can have the best opportunity in the right moment. When the reality of it is, is when you read God's word, many times they move in the night season or they move at twilight. Is it true? And it speaks to me and says to me that, that you can't wait for the right moment. You've got to just bust a move when you hear the word of the Lord. 
when that faith gets inside of you and you begin to move and you begin to say, this is the word of the Lord. This is what God wants for my life. It may not be the right moment and everybody may not be in agreement with you. But if you're waiting on that, you'll miss the moment. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal savior, today's the right moment to make the move. Surrender your life to Christ. Say, I want what you have for me because what I have isn't working. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Brian, you know what? Uh, it's been so chaotic in my life and so many voices going on. But today, by God's grace, I want to silence all of those voices. And I want to know who, who is with me, who God, has, who, who God has put me with so I know what voice to listen to. And, and, and I want to hear his voice clearly. Some people ask me, they say, well, how do I know what God's voice sounds like? This is simply what I tell people. I say, the voice of God in your life will sound much like your leader or your pastor. You say, well, you're putting yourself on a pedestal. No, it don't have nothing to do with me. I'm telling you. Whenever you submit to spiritual authority and leadership, the voice of God will sound much like it. I remember the day Jordan called me from youth camp and he said, Dad, he said, I was received the Holy Spirit tonight. And I said, man, that's great. I'm proud of you, son. And he said, and he began to talk to me. He said, I heard God. And he said, the first time I heard him, he said, I thought it was your voice. He said, I thought it was you. Amen. Many times when people are talking about God speaking into their lives, they'll tell you that it, that it sounded like the voice of their pastor, their spiritual leader. Why? Because that's where you hear the word. I'm not the word. He's the word. But he's blessed me with the privilege of being able to share his word. And as you hear that word, and now he comes to you and speaks, it sounds much like what you hear when the word is released. It's much easier than we want to make it. But today, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear Him speak into your life clearly. And so today, if you need that, I want you to have an opportunity to receive that today, right? Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I love you. I thank you for this moment. I, I sense your presence here in a special way. Just... I feel a drawl of your presence toward this word today. So I thank you for that. I ask you, Lord, that you would just bless each and every one that is here today. Let no, no one leave this place today uh, allowing the enemy to distract or to, to speak into their lives. But let there be clarity today. Clear vision. Clear heart. With the word of heaven. It may look like everything around them may look like and suggest that they're failing. But let them know today that you are with them. And you are making a way for them today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Hallelujah. We're going to sing a couple of verses here, right? If you want to respond to the word today, this altar is open. The altar, the Father's heart.
I think you're just about ready. Let's go ahead and sing another verse there.
How we doing, One Life? It's all today. We got Caleb and McKinley getting baptized today. And as youth pastor, it's just an honor, as uh, youth pastor, Pastor Michaela and I, it's our honor to watch this next generation coming up, giving their life to Jesus, and knowing that the church is alive and well, amen, and that just these two are just a symbol of their generation, of, give, of generation coming up that's going to love God, who's going to love people, and going to keep seeing this kingdom move forth and advance, amen. So we got Miss McKinley coming up first. And so, you have anything that you want to share about your relationship with Jesus first? No, you're good? All right. So, Miss McKinley, upon the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is there anything that you'd like to share about your relationship with Jesus? You're good? All right. And so, Caleb, upon the confession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's give it up one more time for them. And like I said, there's nothing like seeing a new generation come up glorifying Jesus and knowing that the future is alive and well. And so we want to thank you guys for joining us for this service at One Life Church and joining us for a little bit longer and welcoming these people in, or welcoming them into the family. Amen? Amen. So we good, Pastor? All right, we're good. Y'all have a good Sunday. We'll see you tonight.